Hi everyone and welcome to week one of Matthew's Movie Mentions. This is the 9th of January this is being recorded on and I have watched ooh, a number of films I should probably have counted up by now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I've watched 10 films. Go me. So I am one film ahead of where I should be which is not bad at all. Uh, the first film I started off 2018 with was Cars 2. We had some friends staying with us for New Year's, and on New Year's Day, uh, there's some, we had the TV on, we found Cars 2 was on, so we put it on. Um, I was not a fan of this film when it came out. I love the first one. I think it's a, a wonderful film, um, but I think they missed the point in this by having significantly less racing, and when there was racing, they didn't focus on it. It was all the adventure spy stuff they focused on. I didn't think the jokes was solid or was interesting. Um... It still doesn't hold up, and particularly having seen the sequel now, Cars 3, um, which does focus on racing and actually does what a good third in a trilogy should do, it's, it's almost more disappointing. But it was very obvious this is a film made for children because little Samuel loved it, so I'm not the demographic and I can completely accept that. That evening, I then watched Kong Skull Island, which was new on Sky Cinema. Uh, a really enjoyable action romp. Uh, a little bit reminiscent of Deep Blue Sea in the way that it didn't take itself too seriously, but still did the action-adventure stuff quite well. Um, they're very obviously setting up their own mega-franchise universe of these monsters, and it was a little heavy-handed, um, which makes me wonder if the Godzilla film from a couple of years ago was included in this universe and does it do any King Kong references hmm that might be worth looking at um I enjoyed this it was good fun it was a bit silly but also like I say good action so yeah I quite enjoyed it also new on Sky Cinema was John Wick Chapter 2 uh, which is basically the first one but with a more in-depth look at the world that they created for it and possibly higher production values and I think it suffers because of that, because very much it was repeating a lot of what we saw in the first film, which I love. Like, John Wick 1 was a huge surprise about how good it was and how quality it was. Um, this one felt like it was doing a lot of the same work, a lot of the same set pieces, but with less of the style. It, there were some really interesting production choices in that first film, some of the way they, they dealt with the camera really up close in the action but not in the way they do in the Bourne films so it felt really unique this actually felt less unique it was much there was a, a greater sense of clarity of what you could see and what was going on and who was there it, it felt more like a polished action film than, than the first one did which is strange because the first one is one of the best action films I've seen I watched Jobs the uh, Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs film. Um, I really enjoyed the the Fassbender Sorkin Steve Jobs movie, but because that's set over only basically three period, three moments in his life or three events, I wanted to watch something that had a more fuller picture. This has more information about the rest of his life, mm, a, a lot of his earlier life. It doesn't do so much of the recent history. Um, but I feel this film is somewhat lesser. He doesn't come across as smart or as driven or even as likeable as he did in the Fassbender Sorkin one, which he's not hugely likeable in that, but still came across very well. You could understand where he was coming from and how good he was at what he did, um, as well as it feeling like a slightly more fictional account, plus the fact it doesn't do any of the, the more recent years as well, the developing of the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, and... and the, 
the, the more recent technologies in Apple's history. So maybe I need to go to a book to get some of the inside information in, in that. I watched Table 19, which uh, I think an independent film with Can- uh, an independent an independent film with Anna Kendrick, who is clearly very busy. There's so many films with her out recently, uh, available on Sky and, and other services. She's always hugely watchable, um, but this felt like it was a spec script type um, thing that someone had written while they were working on another show to, to show what sort of thing they could write. It didn't quite feel as polished. The performances were really good. There were some great moments in here, but... Uh, all in all, it was pretty forgettable, sadly, which was a shame because it it was a nice idea and it did have some good moments and, like I say, some good performances. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say don't watch it, but don't seek it out, probably. Uh, also new on Sky Cinema was Don't Think Twice, which is a film about the an improv troupe in New York. Uh, very often there are comedies that are aimed at other comedy writers, so giving an insight into the life of someone who might live in uh, and work in, in New York on the comedy circuit. So they probably enjoy it, but I didn't get a huge amount out of it. I, I felt the comedy was not good enough. Um, improv can be hugely funny. It can be really witty and really clever. I didn't feel like that came across, which might be just the part that they wanted this to show that the improv, improv troupe weren't so good, but uh, slightly disappointing. But, hey-ho. Uh, there was a new Netflix film called Mascots, which wasn't funny, was slightly sentimental, but was generally quite obvious, a bit poor, and I'm probably not going to remember it at all. Um, and today I've watched Wet Hot American Summer, uh, which I only know really because of its cult status and the the, the cast, which is a, a supremely talented cast who have gone on to great things. It, I, I got real feelings of Monty Python from this. Um, slightly surreal elements, so weird takes on someone's personality or their situation, but also combined with an evolution of the humour that we've had in previous years in things like Animal House um, or some of the other National Lampoon films. It took dealing with... Uh, sex jokes and sexuality to uh, the next step, not quite being so obvious. It still had some of the obvious stuff, but but it did some nice takes on it. So I'm I'm glad I finally saw it. And I've also watched uh, Charlie's Angels, the the 2000 film with Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu. Um, it I love the Mission Impossible films, but I'm always annoyed that we don't get lots of them having capers and having to do interesting setups to steal something or get some information or do something, which is what I remember from the, the original TV series. This film is what I want Mission Impossible to be, except I could have done with less of the sexy, sexy outfits, bending over situations, how they get stuff from a guy by flirting with him and stuff. It felt a bit over the top and like a lot of the film was in the male gaze when it's supposed to be a film that has the potential, at least, to have a lot of female empowerment. So it was good. Some of the production elements were amazing. There, there were a couple of shots in there, some dolly zooms, which blew me away for the race cars. There was a two-and-a-half-minute single-take tracking shot that came out of nowhere, but is actually the the point of the film where they un- unravel what's going on and figure everything out. Um, or, no, we find out who the bad guy is, and he gives them the, the story about it. Um... Yeah, I was really impressed with them. So, mm, good performances, good production, but oh, the film could have been done so much better. And I also watched a documentary called After Porn Ends 2. Um, I watched the first one of these and really enjoyed it because it had some great examples of people who moved on 
to, to ordinary life after their career in the adult film industry, some about people who went back to the industry in some capacity, some hard stories, some inspiring stories, some interesting stories. This sequel seemed to focus a bit more on people who stayed in the industry and or, or went back and did a comeback or had great success in the industry, some more famous examples rather than just people who made lots of porn films. So it was interesting, but the, the first one was better and was probably all I needed in this. I, I watched part of Spider-Man 2 as well, which does not hold up. The dialogue was terrible and the action was not good. I watched uh, probably this, this last quarter or so of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I still enjoy, but I would enjoy even more without all the Drax comedy stuff. It, it's very annoying and I, I think it actually detracts from the rest of the film. Um... My recommendation of the week is probably Kong Skull Island. Uh, it was a good action film. It was quite fun in a lot of places. It was very well done. It did some surprising stuff. Um, I like a monster film generally. So, yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. I don't think you're going to have needed to have watched this film for uh, the future monster franchise. But I think they might well refer back or, or, or there might be characters who we follow into further films. Over the next week, I've got to watch Groundhog Day for the podcast, and I've got to watch uh, Batman Assault on Arkham for the Across the Arrowverse podcast. So, uh, a couple of films I'm definitely going to watch, but everything else I don't know. Um, as ever, look me up on Twitter and Letterboxd. Feel free to make recommendations. I want to make a giant watch list of films that I'm going to be watching over the coming year, so feel free to shout at me about what films you think I should be checking out. See you on week two.